Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. It's Mental Health Week across Canada, a time where we can shine a light on mental health. Now, this is especially important as we deal with a third wave of COVID-19, lockdowns and restrictions across Canada, and isolation from family and friends. We're joined today by Sean Miller. He's the Executive Director at Peer Connections Manitoba. He's going to share with us ways that we can stay on top of our mental health. He's also going to share with us ways that we as a church can help one another through this difficult season. We're going to hear that and so much more today on Connections. We're joined today by Sean Miller. He's the Executive Director at Peer Connections Manitoba. For those who don't know, what is Peer Connections Manitoba? Peer Connections Manitoba is uh, a renamed Manitoba Schizophrenia Society. Um, So we have ventured into providing peer support. Um, We've become a complete 100% peer support organization. Um, And so we deliver peer support in clinical spaces, in community, and, and we also deliver mental health education. Uh, peer support is really that common or that friendly, familiar face in the crowd, not because maybe you've seen them or met them before, but they are people with similar lived experience of mental health and addictions issues that have also experienced recovery. And so they are there to join people on that journey. There's, there's an immediate sense of trust that comes with that relationship. Um, And it's just simply because there's that shared common experience. And we just find that we're really able to connect with people. So the name in of itself uh, describes what we do. So the peer, peer support aspect and then connections, peer support is all about making those connections through uh, shared lived experience. Now you said a little bit, but why is it so important to take that approach with the peer support aspect of things? Because it's really about getting rid of that power imbalance. We're not here to fix anybody. We're not here to make sure people are compliant with a treatment protocol. It really is about shoulder to shoulder. It's a journey. It's shared power. It's, it's giving people back the power to make decisions in their lives and to take life in a direction that, that they're wanting to go in. Um, so it's not about us imposing some treatment um, protocol and there's nothing wrong with that we actually work uh, in tandem with clinical teams in some of the settings that we're in Um, but it really is about connecting through story and and really getting into what it is the person wants the peer wants to talk about discuss and it's mutually beneficial so it's it's providing sometimes it's providing social support sometimes it's providing practical support, emotional support, but it, it really is reciprocal. So sometimes the person that's, that's seeking the support is, is able to help the person that's providing it too. Um, we are formalized, so we, there's a spectrum of peer support. There's informal peer support and there's formalized peer support where we, we're trained. Um, we've, we've got one of the world-leading peer support consultants that trains our teams and then we're also uh, in the process of having our entire team certified so there is there is a a bit to it but it it really it really does 
have a great impact. There, there's evidence to, to show that peer support is incredibly effective at connecting with people. And now we, we provide that support to both individuals and family members because one of the biggest gaps in our system is supporting families who are supporting loved ones. Um, so that we find that that's just a critical piece and that, you know, in the, in the fabric or in the context of, of society, it's just so important that, that we're connecting across the spectrum. Now, when it comes to this peer support for those who have had the opportunity to get that support, what has the response been like? The response has been tremendous. I mean, we evaluate everything that we do. So we're always <laughs> gathering data. Uh, and, you know, we, we do, um, qualitative and, and quantitative uh, data collection. But the qualitative piece is, is just where the, it's the rich experience that people, they're, 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 they're really ecstatic about how, how they're accepted, how they don't have to um, come in and, you know, put on a facade. Um, they can just be themselves because they're with somebody that has that similar lived experience. So the response has been overwhelmingly positive. Lots of great quotes that come from, from uh, people that are, that are seeking and uh, uh, receiving support from, from our team. Um, so we're, we're, we're really, really happy. Just a, a quick, uh, if we're quantifying like the numbers, uh, since we started this program back in May uh, of uh, 2020, I believe, um, just, be- just before my time coming to, uh, <laughs> to Peer Connection Manitoba, um, since that time, we have served over 2,000 people in one site alone. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. Like there is a huge demand for this. People are wired for connection, for story. We're so much more. We are as individuals, as family members, as human beings, we're so much more than just a diagnosis. We're so much more than the problems that we're facing in life. We have stories. There's, you know, people want to connect with humanity. And that's what we are focusing on here is really connecting to the humanity um, of people and not just focusing on, on the, the, the problem or the diagnosis. In fact, we don't even focus on the diagnosis. If people want to disclose, if they've got one, great, but we don't require it. It's just we connect to the person, and that's that's the biggest focus that uh, that we have here. Basically, making people feel like people. Making people feel like people. It's a strength. Yeah, <laughs> it's a strength based, and 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 beyond that, it's it's a strength based approach. It's helping people to to uncover that that self determination, that that power that they've got. Um, to direct and lead their lives in the way that they want to live. So it really is about that journey. And yes, I love how you said that. It's making people feel like people, not like a problem or a diagnosis or a statistic or any of the above. We don't like the label. Yes. The label. <laughs> you know, there's, there's been so much stigma, so much discrimination, and that's you know why weeks like Mental Health Week are so important. Now, speaking of that Mental Health Week, that's this week. We're almost at the end of the week. 
obviously we should be putting a spotlight on our mental health at all times, but why is it so important to focus on it right now? For now, I think what happens, it's just kind of like, you know, I use the analogy of, of Christmas. Um, we, we have that time of the year where we're really engaged and there's a joy and, and a, and a bounce in our step and we're connecting with people. We're really generous. Um, but what happens over time is that we leak, we leak those things. So this is kind of like one of those pit stops on, on our way through the year where it's like, Oh yeah. All right. I've got to fill that tank back up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've, I've got to remind myself what's important here. Um, because we can so often get just really immersed in the busyness of life and we can forget to take time to focus on mental health and what is mental health? Is it, you know, we, we often use mental illness and mental health synonymous. Like we, we use those interchangeably and they're two very different things. So mental health week is really about, Hey, guess what? Everybody has mental health. This isn't just for people. This isn't just for the one in five in any given year that may be experiencing a mental illness or, or mental health challenge. Mental health is five out of five of us. <laughs> There's things that we can do every day to, to improve it, to protect it. Um, so that's why it is important to have these, these, these pit stops, as I, as I indicated earlier, um, just really to fill up that tank and to really reprioritize. Sometimes we, and, and hey, <laughs> I work in mental health. I, I even forget to, at times, to prioritize my own mental health. So it's really about focusing on great self-care. It's reminding ourselves what's truly important because without there's no health without mental health. Um, so it's really important for us to take that time again to just remind ourselves and reprioritize. Something interesting you said. A lot of people um, combine the words mental health and mental illness but those who don't understand the difference between the two, can you just explain? Yeah. Well, if I were to ask you, what's the opposite of mental illness? Don't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> there is no answer for that because mental illness is mental illness, right? Right, right. But most people, what they'll what they'll say is that, um, well, mental health is the, you know, the opposite of mental illness. Or some people, when they're talking about mental illness, they'll say, oh, yeah, I've got mental health. Um, but what they mean is mental illness. So basically, the opposite of mental illness is no mental illness. So there's a, there is a spectrum. Um, there's, there's a dual continua, if you will. So you've got mental illness, no mental illness, but then you've got positive mental health and languishing mental health. So if you imagine that as a four-quadrant um, graph or chart uh, where the x-axis is mental illness, no mental illness, and the y-axis is uh, flourishing and languishing mental health, people fall on anywhere within those, those quadrants. Um, and so it's, it's really important, and I really like the focus of this week's uh, Mental Health Week um, campaign and that is name it don't numb it right so get real about how it is that you're really feeling i think so often we we forget or we we repress our emotions because we're afraid to feel 
the fullness of our emotions. And I think really what this, what this means to me is that it's not about repressing, but rather, hey, you know what? I only can exert control over um, my life and my experience if I'm fully able to embrace all parts of my humanity, all parts of my experience. Um, <clears throat> and I, I, you know, I would make the comparison to physical health, right? We go to great lengths if we're feeling off. We're like, what's going on with me? And we do a deep dive and we're like asking Dr. Google and we're reaching out <laughs> to the medical professionals in our lives to help us understand what's happening with us physically. But then when it comes to like emotionally or mentally, we, we, we try to tuck that away and we're like, no, no, no. And we get into what, what's called toxic positivity where it's just like, nah, I'm just going to focus on the positive. Look where the dog didn't bite me and, and all of those things. And I think what it does is it, it, it's a disservice to ourselves. It's denying a part of our experiences as human beings, and it's not allowing us to live fully. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that we should just dwell on, you know, if, if I'm feeling really depressed, should I just stay stuck there and just focus on that 100% of the time? No. And that's the beauty of this. It's not our emotions are data. They, they don't direct our lives. And, it really helps us to navigate life if we know, if we pay attention to these signposts, which are our emotions. It's and and it's we 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 often equate. Well, I am. If we make comments like "I am mad," that's that's an identity statement, and it's just like, no, I'm feeling. I may be feeling angry, frustrated, upset, um, but that's not the entirety of who I am as a person. So it's really important for us. To, to get in and name it. And then that helps us to address it. And then we can know, oh, hey, you know what? I might need some help with this because I've been noticing that I've been feeling this way. I've been feeling down, for instance, for a week or longer. And then, you know, it's really important for people to know that if, if you're dealing with low mood for a period that's greater than two weeks, you know, it's that's a good time. That's a good indicator that oh i may need to reach out and get help with this and that's where you know we can come in and go hey we've got a team of peer supporters they understand um you know to to an extent they get it because they've been there and um that's uh that's why it's just so important not to to numb what it is that we're going through but really to to understand and to be able to express and identify what what we're feeling and uh, it, it really does help us to get that level of control and insight into what we may be experiencing and going through. Definitely. Uh, we're now headed into our third wave here in Canada mm-hmm. of COVID-19. I feel like we've interviewed you probably about six times throughout this. And every time it's that hope that this will, you know, be over and done with. Um, but with this third wave, when it comes to people's mental health is definitely uh, affecting people in all sorts of ways. And especially now that people are going into a lockdown for a third time, can't see family for a third time. Why is it important to be on top of our mental health as we go into this uh, third wave and we deal with this ongoing pandemic? 
That is a great question. It is so important for us to be on top of, as you say, on top of our mental health. Uh, because synonymous with third wave comes lockdown restrictions. Um, and, I, and I get the reasons behind them. I, I really do. Um, but the impact is that it isolates us from, from people in our lives. And we, we as, as uh, homo sapiens, we're, <laughs> we're wired, wired for connection. And uh, so it's tough when, when we have to isolate and, and quarantine and spend time just alone. Often it, it's people just spending time alone without uh, significant others or loved ones in their life. Um, and so that can have a negative impact on our mental health if we're not taking care of it. So leveraging technology, um, you know, using different methods of just staying in touch with people, uh, even if it's virtually and, and not physically, um, is so key. It really is. Uh, you know, there's a number of experiments that, that they've done just on that social isolation and the impact to us physiologically, it has an impact on our executive function, our decision-making, um, our ability to communicate, problem-solving, all of those aspects. Uh, so it's, it's just so important that we maintain um, that connection with other people. Getting outside, also a great idea. Outside, <laughs> Absolutely. is such a great idea. Exercise, eating, eating a rainbow, you know, getting all the new, <laughs> what does that mean? Eating a rainbow, uh, colorful fruits and vegetables, you know, really to eat that spectrum of, of fruits and vegetables, because there's so many nutrients, phytonutrients, uh, phytochemicals, all of these things that help us to ward off, um, sickness, disease, illness, it boosts our immune system, you know, uh, consuming vitamin D, very important. All of these things really help. And, and it's, it's so interesting because physical health is directly tied to mental health. And it really, it really, really is. Um, our digestive system is so key when it comes to uh, producing the neurotransmitters that, that govern our mental health. Uh, brain chemicals, neurotransmitters is simply a word for, for brain chemicals that, that regulate so much of what happens in our body, our mood, our appetite, our drive, <laughs> our energy, like so many of these things um, we can, it's not just about thinking ourselves better, but it really is taking care of ourselves in a holistic way. Now, as a church, how can we work together to help each other and when it comes to our mental health? As a church, that is a great question because, I mean, <clears throat> there are a number, of a number of ways that we can do this. One of the challenges that we have, of course, is with some of the, the measures, the, the public health mandates, um, you know, it's really reduced our numbers for in-church gathering. Um, so I know that there are some churches that are doing drive-in church, for example, and I just, I know like some of the feedback that's come in from people being able to drive on a parking lot where there are other people all gathering for the same purpose um, to, to learn and grow in our relationship and our walk with God and Jesus. Um, 
that that's a great way that we can support one another. Uh, I know that that our church, for example, does Zoom groups. So one day a week, they have multiple Zoom groups that are running that that congregants can uh, participate in, and that way is a it's a great support. Um, you know, praying for one another that's that's really really important as well. Uh, reaching out, I think. It's so interesting. If we just look at the term church, what does that word mean? And, and if you look at the root, um, I believe it's in the Greek, it's uh, the ecclesia. Uh, where, and what does that mean? Well, that means we're the called out ones. Isn't that so interesting? So the church is more than just four walls that we gather in. The church is the people. Church is the people that, that comprise that gathering. Um, and so called out ones really to me is that mandate to reach out to people to see if they need support to see if they just need to connect just need to talk it doesn't always have to be about supporting someone going through a difficult time it's just about that that relationship and really doing what what we can to foster and nurture it and and to help improve it and so and to support obviously to support people when they when they need it one word that I keep hearing over and over and over again uh, in your name and art, the show title name um, is connection. And obviously connection is important. But here's something interesting that we got out of an interview yesterday. We talked to um, the General Secretary of the Evangelical Fellowship of India. Now, he had COVID-19. He was isolated, but he said that op- that isolation ended up being an opportunity for him to draw closer to God. So even though it was this horrible experience, he still used as an, used that as an opportunity to grow in his faith. That's amazing. I, you know, when people make that choice, when they're going through something difficult, when they make that choice to reach out and connect to God, um, I'm always really in awe because here's the thing. Sometimes the storm can can produce bitterness. Sometimes a storm can produce separation and confusion um, and cause us to, to move into uh, really wrestling with, with our faith and, and questioning God's nature. Um, but, I, you know, the storm, it really comes down to are we connected to hope in our own lives? Are we able to maintain that hope? Are we able to, when we go through that storm, reach out to God and, and allow ourselves to just be immersed in his love for us. And so focus, focus is such a key word. (laughs) You know, I think about that Um, because a storm is designed to take us out. A storm is designed to steal, kill and destroy And so, you know, my encouragement to everybody is that when you're going through the darkest time, when you're going through the toughest time, just know that there is a loving, compassionate God who wants nothing more than to to comfort. Um, You know, I'm thinking about 2 Corinthians 1, 3, uh, it talks about God being the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our weaknesses. So that, and then here's, here's what really kind of transformed my life and, and gave me my mission statement. Um, it goes on to say that, so that when we have been comforted, and that word comfort means to, to encourage and support, so that when we have been comforted, 
or supported, we can then turn around and support, comfort, encourage other people who are going through the same thing that we have gone through. And to me, that's a great, that's a great example of peer support in the Bible, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I, I, I love that, that you said that. And, and yeah, we can use these times as opportunities to, to deepen our walk with God and to, to dig in more and press in more and uh, connect with him during, during these times. That word again, connect, connection. I love it. Staying connected at the end of the day for someone who is struggling and is not seeing that light right now is dealing with all sorts of issues when it comes to their mental health. How can they go about getting help and what should they do? Well, uh, we, we can definitely help out with that. Um, so individuals, family members can, can reach out to us uh, via email. They can reach out to us via phone. Um, if they are in crisis, and this is really important, if they are in crisis, they can actually go to the Crisis Response Center and ask for um, a peer support worker to, to connect with them if they so desire. Um, also in the Dauphin Regional Health Center uh, in Dauphin, obviously, um, we have a team there as well. And so if they are in crisis, they can go to... Um, the Dauphin Regional Health Center, request peer support there. And then also we've got individuals within the community, within Dauphin, Selkirk, um, throughout in various places uh, throughout the the province. Um, And then also here in Winnipeg as well, we do have uh, members that can, excuse me, members that can uh, connect with the public um, that are not in crisis and uh, help them that way. We're not the be all and end all. So there are a number of wonderful organizations that, that can help. There's, you know, mood disorders, anxiety disorders. Uh, there's Canadian Mental Health Association. Um, and, uh, and just a little further on our team, uh, we do connect virtually as well. So it's not about having to go somewhere necessarily. Um, we, we do utilize technology to connect with people that, uh, that may be struggling. Um, and so that phone number, if they're looking to phone into our office is 204-786-1616. And, uh, our website is peerconnectionsmb.ca. So you don't have to fight this alone. There are people out there. Don't give up. Exactly. There are people out there. There are people out there with similar experiences. You're not, you're not alone. Right. And that's, I think that's the biggest challenge of COVID is that feeling of isolation of being alone in the world, uh, alone in our experience, alone in, um, you know, whatever's, whatever is, is challenging us from moving to moving forward um, there really is. There are people out there that that may not know exactly what you're going through, but have gone through something similar and just waiting to connect with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's always a pleasure, Colleen. 
And thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.